Hello, hello, hello. What is up, everyone? This is Rome with Tennessee Progressive League Podcast. Coming today to talk about the state of Tennessee and where we fit in as progressives. Hope everyone is finding this message in good health, and uh, we'll go ahead and get started. Um, it's really weird, you know, as I sit back and reflect on the slate of legislation and uh, choices from the current administration, it seems to me like as soon as they conceded that they wouldn't be able to deify the rebel flag and deify the rebel soldiers, rebel commanders and generals the way they had in the past with, you know, a bust of uh, force being at the state house, for an example. It seems like after they realized that wasn't going to fly anymore, the aim became to basically take away the foundations of anything that gave credence to the thought or idea that that deification should have been challenged in the first place. And I say that from policies put forth by the governor um, and, you know, things that have passed at the state level. And I'll give you a couple of examples. So we all are aware of how it seems like Governor Lee is is launching a full out assault on public education in the state of Tennessee. Well, there's been a plethora of bills and um, plethora of statements that have been made that seem to co-sign that. Uh, everything from gerrymandering districts in order to get less Democrats, which by the way, there is a Republican majority, I believe for about a decade in this um, in this state. So it's really weird that the small amount of Democrats that have been elected over those years are still a threat. You would think, you know, if, if everything that Republicans were saying was so good, that wouldn't be a problem. Um, but let's get to the specifics. So I don't know if you're aware. I'm assuming you are, because if you're listening to this, you probably keep up to date with things. But Tennessee is basically trying to pass its own version of divisive concepts. And it's actually probably going to pass and Governor Lee will probably sign it. The problem is they don't really articulate enforcement or what a divisive concept is, except for, uh, let's see, well, there's about 15. So one race or sex is inherently superior or inferior to another race or sex. Okay. I mean, you can see where that might be something you'd want to teach within the context of, you know, 2022. Um, but how is that going to translate if you're trying to teach historically the thought process of someone living in that time? So are you allowed to teach that in 1825 because the majority group thought this way, or are you going to have to leave that out because that's introducing that concept even though you're not endorsing that concept. That's something I would be interested in. But moving on, uh, another uh, divisive concept, excuse me, an individual by virtue of the individual's race or sex is inherently privileged, racist, sexist, or oppressive, whether consciously or subconsciously. So we're basically saying that we're going to legislate 
what someone can say is an inherent privilege. Okay. Um, to this state or the United States is fundamentally or irredeemably racist or sexist. Okay. So we can't say that a state that was founded on white supremacy has fundamental racism as a part of it by law, if this passes. But these are the people that say they value freedoms, right? So I can't have the freedom to examine that idea, examine that that might be the case, examine that that might be a reason why we find ourselves in the situation we find ourselves in as a country. I can't look at if the United States or the state of Tennessee fundamentally was founded on racism. So as we move along, um, and this is a article from yahoo.com. Basically the state of Tennessee has had dozens of pieces of legislation targeting an agenda of steering the conversation. Uh, Chalkbeat.org, a link will be in the podcast notes. Um, So Chalkbeat.org basically lists the Tennessee bills, the Tennessee efforts to basically put restrictions on teaching. They actually put in the law a measure that would withhold funds from school districts if teachers tie certain events to institutional racism, white privilege, or critical race theory. So if you're teaching, let's say, Tennessee history, and you want to talk about the Red Summer. You can't tie that to white supremacy. You can't tie that to institutional racism or white privilege. Because that seems like that would meet, mean the, the lesson plan is lacking, right? How are you going to have the context for what actually happened unless you have the full picture? And honestly, you can see by the type of nominations this guy's making, this guy being Governor Bill Lee. Um, But so, for instance, the guy that he wants to head or nominate, excuse me, who got approved to the State Board of Education, Jordan Molenauer. um, So basically, he's actually being sued because the company that he founded multiple lawsuits to selling ammunition involved in two mass shootings. Remember, okay, well, you know, he's being sued, people get sued. But then the question arises, well, if this is what he does, if he makes ammunition, why is he being nominated to the Board of Education? Like, what? why does that make sense? 
But why are you putting people with no qualifications in a position to run a critical part of state functions? Is it because ideologically you know this guy will do what you tell him to do in an effort, like I said, to continue the all-out assault the Lee administration has for some reason on public education in Tennessee? Like, it's insane. Like, it's, it almost seems as if the plan is to do the charter schools for the kids who can't go to a straight-up private school. But because they're charter schools, then, you know, they can pretty much set the lesson plan without oversight directly from anyone. And in doing so, push the ideological agenda that was started on its shove by these bills that they put through the legislature telling teachers in public schools what they can't teach. I don't know. To me, that just seems like, I mean, it it seems like an obvious plan to just undermine any type of narrative that doesn't fit the narrative that everything's all right. Don't worry about it. Everything's all right. You shouldn't really be concerned about instances of racial animosity because they're not a big deal. You shouldn't try to get to the underlying reasons things like these this happens. It, it definitely can't be, you know, um, privilege or, I don't know, bias, implicit or explicit. It's like burying your head in the sand until the storm passes. So not only is Governor Lee trying to have an all-out assault on the public school system. Um, it also seems that there's an assault going on against the workers. So apparently, Tennessee is trying to put a right-to-work amendment into the state constitution. So why would you do that? Isn't Tennessee already a right-to-work state? So if it's already a right-to-work state, why why do we need this? Like, what's changing that this is needed? So... It seems like this is just another effort to stymie any efforts at unionization. Excuse me. Say that three times fast. Um, Just another example of Republicans finding an issue to make an issue rather than focusing on the issues that are actually impacting Tennesseans. 
to me. I mean, it's really weird that since 2014, we've been trying to get uh, medicinal marijuana at the minimum past, and that still has to go to summer study. But we can fundamentally change the way, quote unquote, employment works in Tennessee. And that's fine. You see, it seems like these legislators focus on what they want to and what they don't want to focus on, they ignore. I mean, if if there's a better explanation, I would love to hear it. I would love to hear it. So moving away from this specific issue, we've talked about the Lee administration attack on the public school system. Um, We've talked about the quote-unquote enshrining employment or right to work in the Tennessee Constitution. Um, One other thing that I definitely want to mention before I get off here is what's going on with Mason, Tennessee. I don't know if you're familiar. Mason, Tennessee is a, I believe they said 60% black town in Tennessee. I had never heard of it until this story. Uh, I'm glad I have now. Um, I would actually like to visit it just to to get a feel of, of the city itself and knowing it exists. Um, because let's be honest, there's not too many places in Tennessee that are majority black, like little cities that exist. Um, this is a separate conversa- conversation for why that is. And we can definitely get into that at some point. Um, but basically, Mason, Tennessee was being taken over by the state of Tennessee. And they were saying because of years of financial mismanagement. And then you look into it and you find out that this majority black city, this majority black town did have a history of financial mismanagement. And none of those people were black. And none of those people are now in the government of Mason. So I looked a little bit into the story, and it seems like that the people that now run Mason have been surely putting down uh, money to lessen the amount of debt that the city carried. And according to the article that I was reading they were actually on track to do so by the end of this year. Um, I believe this was with the Tennessee Holler. So with that being said, why, if they were on track to pay it off, would the state come in and, and seize it now? Especially after the years of mismanagement under the previous administration. Well, it seems like there's a Ford Ford plant coming. So with the Ford plant coming, obviously it means jobs, means a lot of money for the city. And the state gave them an option. The state told the majority black, heavily democratic town that they can either become a part of a different town that is majority white and majority Republican or the state can move in and manage it directly. When we talk about disenfranchisement in Tennessee and we talk about 
you know, efforts that the state will make in order to try and blunt the economic, the political power of African-Americans, this is a prime example right here. When you take things like this, along with laws that are put in place to stymie dissent, such as the anti-protest laws that Tennessee passed, when you look at laws that are meant to stymie conversation in regards to the history of Tennessee and the attitudes that went into founding Tennessee and setting the laws for Tennessee in times past, when you look at the assault on education and trying to dictate what can be taught and how, by who, and what way, when you look at the assault on libraries and the books they can carry and the subjects those books are allowed to discuss, I can't understand how at this point the Republican Party in Tennessee is allowed to be the party of small government is allowed to call itself the party of freedom. There was consternation over having to wear a mask in public because that was seen as a violation by some of their freedoms. I sit here today and those same people have no issue with laws meant to restrict the subject manner and verbiage used to teach about actual historical events. Even though we have a First Amendment right that protects speech, none of these people seem to see this as an assault on freedom. I don't understand it. I don't know anyone that could make it make sense other than there is a willingness to ignore hypocrisy when it's working in their favor. This is Rome with Tennessee Progressive League. I appreciate you guys listening to me today. Um, definitely reach out if there's any topics that you think should be brought to the forefront that we need to discuss. Um, we are at Tennessee Progressive League, Facebook, um, Twitter, Twitter, excuse me, uh, Instagram. So Tennessee Progressive League, Rome signing out. And once again, thanks for listening.